Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to the Lively Charleston Podcast. Our goal with the show is to interact with and tell the stories of the amazing people, places, and businesses that make Charleston the best city in the world. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. And check us out on Instagram and Facebook where we post content regularly throughout the week. Thanks so much, guys. Hope you enjoy the episode. I have a very special guest today who I'm very intrigued by. He grew up in upstate New York, the Finger Lake region, uh, which I have some family there. From a very young age, he has had a burning desire to be a police officer and made that dream come true when he joined the Charleston Police Department in 2000. This driven individual not only walked a beat per se, but raised the bar for himself by being selected to the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Naval Criminal Investigative Service. Everybody knows that is NCIS. He has since parlayed his on-the-job adventures and experiences into this current passion and career as an, and as an accomplished crime thriller and horror novel author. He has written seven books and carries a master's degree in forensic science from the University of Florida. Go Gators. But his most valuable accomplishments or valued accomplishments are his two young children. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you Mr. John Stamp. Thank you for having me, Scott. This is great. Absolutely, man. How'd I do? Did I hit uh, timelines okay? You, you got it pretty, uh, pretty good there. All yeah. right. Well, good, man. Well, welcome back to Chucktown. I love it. I take every chance I get to come back here. I, it, uh, the city has grown by leaps since I've been here, but it's, uh, it's always great just to come back and see it, just to be a part of it. Well, good deal. Well, Lord knows you have come a long way, right? You come from um, upstate New York. So tell me about that. How'd you, how'd you go from upstate New York and ended up in the low country? Tell me that story really quick. It's, uh, well, uh, upstate New York... Um, Always wanted to be a police officer. I can't yeah. really pin why. Um, but, uh, you know, you get done with college and you're starting to look at what, what you're going to do. And, and uh, I, um, up in upstate, uh, just the way things work, you kind of got to wait for somebody to retire. Everything's pretty solid there. Um, mm-hmm. A buddy of mine talked me into going, finishing off my bachelor's degree down here, go to uh, Charleston Southern University. And um, when I got done with it, I'd, it was either go back to New York or the Charleston Police Department was hiring. So, I uh, I made that leap and I kind of never never made it back to upstate New York after that. It's kinda, okay, okay. Yeah. What um what was your very first like out of training? What was that like? Like your first day like on the job? Uh, the uh, first day I my first shift uh, I started at midnight. So my I uh, jumped in the car with my FTO and uh, he said you're driving at any point in time. You better know where you are and what's going on if i ask you a cross street you better know exactly where you are or there will be push-ups involved so really I, I spent my i started a midnight shift loved every bit of midnight shift um and just uh just watch that guy teach me as as much as i could hold on to uh, that's and awesome it was, it's a it's a wild uh 14 weeks just trying to realize you're you're actually out there you know yeah and just don't screw up all right oh i can imagine is is he still around uh, unfortunately, no, he's not. Um, he was uh, killed in action. Um, oh man, fifteen. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yep, uh, unfortunate time, but he uh, he taught me pretty much everything. And and we're talking way back. This is 2000, so we're 22 years past. But uh, that that guy still he taught me. He prepared me to be a professional. Is what he did. That's awesome. Yep. 
That's awesome. I know um, CPD, you know, the Charleston Police Department, that's that's no joke. It was an outstanding time, an outstanding uh, outstanding organization, and the, the people are what make it. The the, uh, the other officers you work with, the admin staff, the command staff, uh, it's always, it was a very important uh, time in my life. Yeah, I can imagine. I can um so being Charleston Police Department, uh, that first area that you were, I don't know what your beat was, but as I, as I aptly named it on my own. <laughs> uh, but like what, what area were you in? It was uh, John's Island, James Island, Team 3 at the time. I don't think that holds now. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you how things have changed there. Um, yeah. I'm so out of date. But it, I started out patrol, uh, James Island, John's Island, um, and uh, just – Big areas to learn, lots of different things going on there. Um, but just outstanding from from uh, all the random things that happen at night to to, to all the commerce and, and activity during the day. It's it never stops. It's the one job where you can you can completely say I don't know what I'm going to do when I go to work today. It's you yeah, don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to come at you. Yeah, great things. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Um, I know now. I want to get to. Uh, we'll dive in to, um, I don't know, I was trying to like almost kind of build it in stages, right? So um, how did you end up at the FBI? Uh, my corporal uh, went to the FBI. Uh, he, um, he, he went, I'd never really considered it, um, but uh, he went and I knew of a couple other people who had gone that, that federal path. And uh, uh, after a while, you know, you, you do some joint operations and you see, um, you see the, the other, you know, the agents, you know, what they're doing, the, the cases they're into, and just randomly after 9-11 at, at, at one point, I just looked at it and they were hiring and I saw they had career paths. The FBI hires in different paths and they had one open to military and law enforcement. I was like, let's try it. Let's see what happens. That's uh, awesome. They don't take many people. I mean, they get... I don't know how many thousands of applications. I was like, that. Let's let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I and I only have television. Sorry, Dave's <laughs> kind of go off of right. You watch the show Quantico or whatever, and they're like, that seemed like super intensive training. Did you experience that as well? Can you speak to that? At, at the time, it was seventeen weeks, um, and it was it was the most intense training ever. I mean, from the ground up. I mean, and but it also again, I, I talk about the people involved. Right. We start out with 50, uh, 50 students in the new agents basic class, uh, doctors, uh, Wall Street people, lawyers, accountants, police officers, military. The guy sitting to my right was a doctor of microbiology, um, you know, uh, crime scene people from North Carolina, guys who just got out of the military. It's it's you know, you just coalesce and, and hit it. And, and it's they, they don't take it easy on you. Uh, it, it was uh, it was the best training, downright the best training I've ever had. In that's, everything. Yeah. yeah so I, I would imagine mental, physical, having to to deal with how to break down certain situations, right? Just on the fly. Uh, just learning, learning the basics of talking to people, learning the basics. You know, they'll go through everything, all the uh, all the things, communicating, interviewing, all the, the basic, you know, firearms, uh, defensive tactics, uh, um, ta uh, just tactics in general. And uh, mm -hmm. it's uh, it was one of those things you just uh, you just absorbed and, and held on, just hoping you can get to that next level. It was, but uh, once you did, it was it was pretty impressive. I bet it was. I bet it's. It sounds like everything you're doing is super gratifying. It, it, it did. It, it, it did carry a level of accomplishment with it. Um, you know, every step of the way. I mean, the police academy uh, in Columbia was was challenging. I've actually I came within 
one iteration of failing out of the South Carolina Police Academy because I couldn't uh, during the driving course. I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh, what was it? Uh, the, the reverse course. I uh, okay. You had three shots, and at the time, uh, you fail something, and and you got a 50-50 shot of whether or not you're still a member of the police department. You know, they just drop you and find somebody else. And uh, I failed the first two, kept hitting cones, and uh, and then had to had to. Do this. I had one shot left to do a reverse course through a driving course, and I was like, Whoo, "You get done with that one, you're like." Whoo. I can imagine Ooh, that was a minute. Yeah. How do they recommend that you do a reverse course? Are you looking over your shoulder? Are you using the mirrors? You're using both. I'm just curious. Oh, it, it holds to this day. It drives my wife crazy because you know cars all today have dozens of mir- dozens of cameras. Cameras now, now. and I'll still I'm just backing out of the driveway. I'll be I'll be leaning back over the seat and. Taking, you know, getting up off the driver's seat and looking right out the back window, and she's, oh, there's a camera right there. What right, are you doing doesn't matter. It's uh-uh. ingrained. Don't trust not, it. Not after, not after that, that, that coming that close. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. I'm, I'm a, even like with when I like trailer a boat and stuff like I'm, I'm hanging out the window. Oh yeah. I never. <laughs> I don't trust my mirrors. I just, yeah. I just don't. <laughs> I just don't. I have, to, I have to yeah. see. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay, um, so. Um, so you were in Charleston, Columbia, um, so then in Quantico training, and then what was next? Uh, you, uh, you make it to week eight. If you survive to a week eight, um, you get orders night. So everybody kind of, kind of ranks uh, 54 offices at the time where you want to go. And then we all get together and everybody goes up on stage and one at a time figures out you get first pick or you get 54th pick. And, okay. Uh, and uh, I, I had family up there, up, up in upstate New York, and a wife from South Carolina. And uh, <laughs> we had a nice long discussion of where to, where to rank, and Buffalo was number one. And it was pretty easy. They, they, yeah, call your shot. You're getting, you're getting number one? I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to Buffalo. Oh, how are you so sure? Do you want to go to Buffalo, New York? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. from Charlotte, do you want to go to Buffalo, New York? No. No. So they, they sent us up to Buffalo, uh, nice – uh, medium-sized office. I got to work every kind of case you can imagine. The, the experience was just out, off the charts as far as uh, the uh, the level of investigation uh, we got to got to be a part of. Is everything from from bank robberies to uh, narcotics operations, stuff like that. It was it was a fantastic experience. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. I mean, Buffalo's up there, right with Canada. It was Canada light. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's. I'm sure you had some kind of like crime spilling over from, you know, from the border and stuff like that as well, I would imagine. At, at the time, I uh, worked uh, mostly organized crime stuff, um, but it, it, uh, it, we, it mostly narcotics related uh, mm-hmm. bank robberies. But yeah, that was, it was right there on the border. There's always something going on there. Are you still a Bills fan? Uh, yeah, I, well, <laughs> I always caveat that uh, I'm a long suffering Bills fan. But as of, I mean, the last couple of years we've been Looking good. I'm still too too uh, superstitious to put my Bills gear on for a game. I won't do that. It's still sitting in my closet even after last week's win. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's not that I don't trust them. I just I sat I went through those four Super Bowls, so that's a that's a lot of trauma to get over. That is. Yeah. That is. I remember. Yeah, I remember those times. Yeah, that's right. I remember those times. I uh, I have some. We have inadvertently from where I went to school, I have some ties to the bills. Oh yeah. I went to Ole Miss. So we have Chad Kelly mm-hmm. because, yep, Chad <laughs> Kelly. and then now we have currently have Dawson Knox who nice. caught two touchdowns for you guys last that, week. I, that is a, <laughs> that is a favorite tight end of mine. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Do you know he was a walk on? 
Uh, yeah, I, the most uh, you look at the Bills. Well, you look at any Buffalo sports team, and they're usually workmen. You know, they, mm-hmm. uh, you don't uh, we don't get the, uh, the the first rounds very much. So usually yeah. they come in, they earn their spots, and it's well Buffalo is a whole uh, upstate New York's a whole way. It's just uh, blue collar hard, hard workers. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, man. Let's dive into your books. Which one? What is the process like? Like when you, how do you choose your characters and like, how, how did it all start for you? You were like, I'm going to write a book. This, it sounds weird, but most of the time the characters come to you and, uh, or you might have an idea of a particular scene maybe, or, or an idea of a person in your head. And, um, and it's, uh, it, it kind of grows out of that through an outline. You, you hope to follow that outline, but in certain instances, the character is like, nah, we're, we're not doing it that way today. We're going to go this way. And you just, as you're writing, you're like, let's see where this goes. Let's have a bunch. And, and uh, spoilers, my second book, they, uh, okay. I uh, had the idea of a uh, narcotics unit. Spoilers, everybody. Spoilers. Yeah. Is a, uh, a narc- uh, CPD narcotics unit um, being uh, just stumbling into uh, to kind of an uh, international organization working through Charleston, um, and it was set up that that my main protagonist, the, the lieutenant in charge of this team, kind of having to push through politics and push through bureaucracy and just get the job done. And I had uh, three female characters in there who absolutely rewrote that book from scratch. I had a, a detective. A female in there who just took over every scene. I had a a, a female uh, assassin as a part of it, and she became she was so fun to write that I actually wrote the second book mostly for her. Um, I got to yeah working my way towards you know that there's always a giant climax at the end of uh, of these books, uh, which happened at. Uh, uh, Maybank in Maine, out in Johns Island. Okay. Just took it over, took over the entire intersection. Uh, and I got to the point where <laughs> one of my one of my good guys is not quite going to make it. I just don't have any way to save him from a particular situation. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back through and write a third um, character just so she can finish off something in this last scene. So I, I created a, a rookie police officer. Uh, female uh, kind of uh, and just wove her through after I was already done with the rest of it had to write another 20,000 words just to get her to a certain point and as I wrote her I was like she's she needs it she needs her own book too it's just oh uh, okay there's one of those where you have an idea of how this is going to work out and yeah. it just doesn't I had a I had a completely different book from where I started with this so every book's kind of an adventure in its own just uh the characters you got a plan and uh and as it comes through you're like nah this is this is trailing off we're going on a tangent yeah i i mean that's i'm so glad you're here because i've always wondered what it's like to to just start you know and that's one thing you you said is it's like you know what's one thing you would tell somebody who's either starting a business or writing a book or whatever you just got to start you got to sit yeah. down and just start writing yep yeah, nobody's going to remind you. They're, they're not going to say, you know, how are you doing? They're, they're not going to say, you know, you're doing great. Nobody's telling you anything. It's you and a keyboard. And if you don't do it, nobody's going to, if, if that book doesn't get written, the only person that knows is you. Um, so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of took it as a personal challenge after I finished grad school. I got done in 2012 and I suddenly had all that research time that was a gap in my day. So I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to try and write this book I had in my head. So at, you know, goal of 500 words a day. If I don't get those 500 words done, nobody knows with me. If that book doesn't get finished, they're going to say, oh, you, you know, you're a writer. Yeah. What have you written? 
nothing yet because I can't sit down on my computer and do it. So it just comes down to pattern. You just got to get into it. And discipline. It's got to be. Yep. Right. Yeah. 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 Notice a lot of that. Okay. um, What was the hardest character to kind of develop? Was it? And I've got a second question. Is it because was it a hard character to develop because it was a total different personality or just had a hard time attaching to it or I don't know. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, hmm. It's, it's hard getting in the heads of, of certain things sometimes. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like uh, it kind of turns into if, if uh, you don't have some kind of frame of reference of how this person looks, acts, and talks, they're really hard to write into a scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, normally that comes in with my bad guys. I mean, and, and uh, so I'm, I'm, maybe I'm doing anything all backwards because the bad guys are the ones who lead the story. But usually it's it's uh, I want to take these two people and, and see how they work out through this. And they're like, oh, that's a great idea. What are they up against? What's their conflict? And, and that for me is like, oh, I need a bad guy. How do I write this guy? Okay. So it's um, I, I think it was um, Brothers Keeper, uh, my uh, my actual first crime novel to be published. I, I had the idea of uh, two guys. Brothers um, Keeper. Two uh, two guys who meet in boot camp uh, for the Marine Corps after getting in a fight. They they hate each other at first. Well, after enough punishment together, they you know put a, put aside their their conflict until graduation day, and then on graduation day, end up getting in a bar fight and turn into brothers, right? Just best friends. Okay. Work through deployments. Decide to become police officers together because I wanted to see what happens when one of them's in trouble. How far is one guy going to go to save his brother? You know, relatively common theme. It was a great idea. Mm-hmm. Who were they going up against? Like, and I had to, I was like, well, okay, I'm doing this backwards again. So, what kind of bad guy do I need? So, I decided to. You know, I'm working in a city. Why don't we take somebody completely from the country and have them just running uh, an organization, you know, through the city, an absolute uh, monster of a human being that you know put as many people up against them as you want. You're probably going to lose. So, I had to get in the mindset. I don't know anything about you know, deep rural farming. I, I grew up in the country, but, right. but I didn't do much farming. So you had to <laughs> you kind know? of just dive into that and, and learn as much as you could. And yeah. Who is him? So who interesting. is this guy? How does he think? Um, completely opposite from me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm much more suburban uh, than country at this point. And, uh, though I'm country music is my jam. So is it? Yeah. I get, get all right. I get that out there. Who, who, who's your guy or, or girl for that matter? It's uh, it, it ebbs and flows. It's uh, I've had my, uh, like Hank three phases, uh, Eric okay. church phases. Mm-hmm. Um, it's lately, I, I'm not calling anybody out, but, country music got so poppy I, I kind of ditched for a minute mm-hmm. and then I've been coming back I, you know but it's mostly you know 10, 10 year old stuff um, I guess uh, lately I've gotten into who's that who's that dude that got canceled Walker or something mm-hmm. I don't remember his name um, can't remember yeah uh, but uh, there, Chris Stapleton Chris Stapleton he's the real Big deal jam. yeah, yeah. Um, and even though he's like super popular I thought he got a kind of a raw deal from the country music 
CMA people, Morgan Wallen, That's is who I was super about. awesome. That Morgan Wallen is who I was talking about. Yeah, I yeah. got into him and and Stapleton kind of brought me back. So I've been I've been surfing back in the country music as of late. But good deal. I had a run there where, where I couldn't tell the difference between the pop station and the country station. Yep, I totally get that for sure. But old school stuff always hangs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up with Hank Williams Jr. and yeah. And Charlie Daniels and those guys like that. Yep. All right. That was my dad's album. We Any place we went for more than an hour, I was listening to Charlie Daniels. Yeah. All day long. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my boys hanging out by the fire. <laughs> yep. That, yep. Lots of parties in cornfields with Hank Williams. Jr. You playing. got that right. Exactly. <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, I know you just had a book come out in January. Tell us about that Blood Red Ivory. Blood Red Ivory, yep. It just came out yesterday. Um, oh, had, yesterday? Yeah, it just, just popped out yesterday. I wrote it over a year and a half ago. Um, and uh, it, it came out of, uh, I, I spent time in 2011 in Africa. I was okay. in uh, Djibouti. Um, we have a, there's a, a naval uh, for a naval base there, Camp, Camp Le Manier. Okay. I spent four months in Africa. And uh, you, spent, you spend time there, it's, that, that continent is just... It's it's uh, the people between the people, the places, the history. You just fall kind of fall in love with it. And um, I'm also I'm also a, a pretty decent, decently. Uh, I guess I'm a tree hugger supposedly. Okay. You know, people look at me, they probably wouldn't think tree hugger. No, uh, I'm not getting that from I'm you. Pretty big tree hugger. So the conservation aspect was okay. there. And in reading, I, I read about a, uh, a a group of uh, of wildlife rangers, all female wildlife rangers. Uh, mostly coming from uh, violence, you know, violent pasts, um, and they they join this operation and they they go out and they protect uh, species in, in Zimbabwe and rhinos, elephants. Rhinos. Yep. So I, I I really liked the idea of this group of people, and I I wanted to to see what hap- what happens when you drop somebody off, take an agent, uh, my agent Tyrone Benhoff, um, take him out, throw him out in the wilderness, no backup, no nothing. Uh, and then toss them in with a mix of ivory smugglers trying to uh, harvest, I guess. And then these uh, these women, uh, based on loosely based on uh, on a group, uh, trying to oppose them. And then throw mix a few more bad guys in there, some organized transnational uh, organized crime bits. And uh, on this guy just all in the middle of it, trying to trying to solve a homicide with no idea of what's going on around him. And, uh, and, <laughs> and uh, I, I always say, if my characters knew me, uh, they'd be a hit on me. They would, they would come after me. Yeah, they would not they, like they it. They would not like me at all. Um, so I just kind of throw them in the mix and see what happens. And and uh, so far, people have been pretty happy with how it turned out. I I, I enjoyed it. It was one of those that one of those that kind of took its own course a little bit. And when I got done, I was like, "This is fun. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna bring that guy back again." That's so, awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. So. Um, so your time in in was it. Where in Africa? Djibouti. I don't know where that is geographically. Djibouti is the Horn of Africa. It's okay. kind of just next, right next to Somalia. Um, so there's okay. uh, Ethiopia, Eritrea, uh, Djibouti, Somalia, right on the uh, Gulf of Aden, right on the right on the coast there. And the Gulf of Aden stretches through that Horn of Africa area up through uh, that, those major channels through the Middle East. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Desert, beautiful, beautiful desert, uh, desert country. A lot, lots to offer. Um, and the people were great. You get out working in the city, working with the other police officers, you're liaisoning with, with the, uh, the people who are involved with the base. Um, and you get to know them. They're just, they're, 
they were just fun. They're, they're just, uh, it's their laid back culture, fun to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just, it was a great experience. And I wanted to, I wanted to write about it. I want to get back there someday, but I wanted to, wanted to write about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have, uh, I have a friend from Cape Town. I think Cape Town, but is that South Africa? Is that anywhere close? No, no, no. not even close. Okay. I got to get my geography. I got to bone yeah. up on that. Social studies teachers kick my butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, I not, well, when you said that, I was like, huh, well, maybe. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Yeah. So um, I was, I was, I read the very first paragraph of Blood Red Ivory, and it, yeah, and I was instantly kind of captured by, oh, these are female. This is a female character. Yep. And like the. The situation was instantly tense. And so I, uh, for those of y'all who have never read any of John's books, um, the write-ups uh, and uh, critiques and things like that have are saying basically you feel like you're right there. You're in every explosion, the flick of a switchblade or whatever. I mean, you feel the intensity. Uh, you, you describe it extremely well. That, that is the best compliment you can get because it's uh, uh, Joseph Wamba, Elmer Leonard, my heroes right. growing up, and they, they just wrote it as raw as they could. And I've always tried to make sure I, I tried to just keep it right at ground level so these people can feel, you know, when when somebody's coming at you and you know that you're you don't have the momentum. I, I like to show that aspect of that conflict where. It, it's on and, and you're the last one to find out and just how does that feel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and with the, with those, with the, uh, um, I actually had a buddy of mine read, uh, when he read brother's keeper, he, he called me and he's like, yeah, he's like, I had to put it down for a minute. Cause the, you, you had a scene in there where it just, I read, I got done reading it and he was a officer with me on the street. He's like, I had to, I had to take a minute cause my heart was racing. I was like, dude, that you're, you are my hero. That's a great compliment. I was, uh, I was actually at dinner, Friday night with a friend of mine who read uh, my horror books and he's like, oh, I was, I was really into it. I had to put it down for about a week cause you freaked me out. Like, <laughs> that's the goal, man. I was like, that that's, is. that's what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I try to keep that coming. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, so the book just came out. Um, any other projects on the horizon, any films, any, anything like that? No, um, my schedule's open for films now. I'm just kidding. You hear that, everybody? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, no, I, um, I'll, I'll keep writing. I've got uh, it's uh, as the ideas rack up. You're just like, where do I find time to concentrate on this stuff? Um, so I will be, uh, will be uh, following up with another Ty Benhoff, um, uh, another uh, uh, novel uh, based on Blood Red Ivory, um, and a, a third uh, horror horror uh, novel coming out based on the characters in the Shattered Circle and the Inquisitor. Uh, series, um, and then after that, I at some point someday I got to take a shot at doing like a, a space opera. Mm. I've not, and no, no, you not to not to criticize anybody, but I've never seen one as well done as like you know the feel of like a Star Wars type the mm-hmm. novelizations. So if I could ever come up with a good idea on that, I got to take a shot at it because um, I did lose my mind once and do a fantasy book. And uh, <laughs> after you spend eight hours researching horse terminology, you realize that you should just come back to the modern age. Yeah, it's, come it's, on it, back. You know, I, and uh, this one, Wraith of Shelter Mount. Uh, that is Die Hard in a Castle. Okay, I, uh, Die and Hard I, in a Castle. Yeah, when we talked about, uh, you know, you got an idea. Did of, you read it around Christmas time? 
Uh, you can. You can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Oh no, I'm, I'm I'm fully I'm fully into uh, Die Hard as a Christmas. Movie uh, all right, sure. okay. Uh, and uh, the, the often forgot Gremlins, also a Christmas movie. Nobody ever nobody ever considered True. Gremlins. Yep. But uh, yeah, I was actually um, just had an idea of you know uh, the idea of Die Hard. Take a take a some lore. Take like Joffrey from Game of Thrones without mm-hmm. the psychosis, without the, the that lethal killing. You know whatever he's got, right. and uh, just make him kind of a kind of a wimp. Uh, just very spoiled, very resting on his laurels because my dad's somebody, and uh, take all that support and um, kill off his entire guard force and fill his castle up with mercenaries. And see how he makes out. Again, if this guy knew me, he would he would want me out of the way. But uh, yeah, yep. so I I just started with an idea with that one, and it just it was this was probably the most fun to write, just because it was uh, everything was completely out of touch with reality. I mean, just uh, figuring out how to describe somebody's clothes in the medieval period, it took probably three days of research. And oh, I can imagine studying horses, so you could write a ten-page sequence of them traveling from one place to another. It was, hmm. Ridiculous. It, like, who wants totally. to do that? <laughs> well, where can we find the majority of your books and you? If somebody wants to really dive into you and follow you and be in touch with you, how, how can we do that? Easiest, easiest is Amazon, um, but uh, all the major carriers have them too. Um, but, uh, you know, everybody, everybody reads ebooks these days. So that's the quickest, easiest way to get, get right to it. Um, and uh, I, I really, if just, uh, putting this out there that um, you, uh, you, uh, the artist always wants to know what the, what the thought is. You, you would think people kind of cringe when they think of reviews. Um, reviews are what make the writers know they're on point. So mm-hmm. it's a, anytime I get feedback from readers, they can, if they drop me an email, DM me, drop anything, I'm, I'm always looking to engage because you, you just want to know that your writing is on point. You know, yeah. you, you don't want to be completely off in left field. Um, so it's, it's always fun. That's why I love doing, uh, doing conferences, bringing readers in three, four days in a hotel, doing panels, discussions, events is where you can really talk to the people who just engage in that, in that genre or whatever. And you can really, really talk to them and, and get the feel of, of how you're doing as awesome. a, as an author. So it's, it's fantastic. It's a, it's a, it's a great gig. Awesome, man. Well, we'll definitely have you on again. Oh, I'd I mean, be, I'd we, love to. we got to wrap things up, guys. John Stamp, S T A M P. Like you said, you can find him on Amazon. Um, I'm sure Instagram, Facebook, yeah. things like that. Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook at John Stamp Writer. Fantastic. Keep, I keep it simple. Awesome, man. John, thank you so much for Thanks, coming Scott. in. Today. We'll great. Do, we'll do it again. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Hey, y'all, that's a wrap on today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to give us a subscribe so you never miss out on any future episodes. Yep, and please help us grow the channel by sharing the podcast with someone else who might enjoy it. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time.